0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza. I'm joined as I am regularly by my good friend Dalton Del Don. And we're going to try to provide you with a very thorough preview of Week 16 in the NFL. It's going to be a crazy one. COVID continues to create a lot of chaos. But before we get to all of that, let's talk a little Christmas cheer. We are recording this, what, three days before Christmas, right, Dalton? Do you have any family plans?
0: Uh, I actually uh, don't have a ton of plans. So Thursday night, actually, my wife has a family, uh, her cousin, all about our similar age, a big group of us going to have a, a Christmas dinner or whatever. Uh, uh, but I was not going to be able to go to that because I was going to be very worried about this Niners Titans game in my $6 million survivor pool in which I had 23 people left. But unfortunately I had the Cardinals last weekend. So that no longer matters. So I will get to attend this family event with, uh, with uh, for Christmas and uh, super sad Liz, I'm still barely recovered. <laughs> That's not every day you lose a $260,000 bet, um, which that happened to me Sunday in the biggest upset of the season. Uh, just quickly, do you know that the Lions that allowed every single red zone possession resulted in a touchdown this season, every single one they were on defense and four separate times, the Cardinals went in the red zone and didn't score a touchdown Sunday alone. But um, I'm not bitter or anything. But uh, how, how's your how's your holiday? <laughs> well,
1: well, Dalton, you should know, you know, they always say football is family, but also fantasy is fan- family, at least here at Yahoo. And Producer John, myself, Andy Barons, Jason Klabaka, our boss, had a Slack channel going um, discussing whether or not we should check in on you. Who was going to be the one to do it, actually? We were all a little bit concerned when we saw Arizona. I was actually, to be totally honest, I had Kyler in a bunch of spots and his performance ended up being the reason I will not advance to the next round of the playoffs. But I was more concerned about your well-being and that $260,000 bet than even me advancing to the second round. It's been a wild ride and we appreciate you chronicling it on the podcast and letting us kind of join in the fun on the way.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks for everyone that reached out. There were actually quite a few text messages. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's not like I lost a family member or anything, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's rough. that's telling I to just...
1: how much, by the way, we all care yeah. about you and appreciate your insight and analysis because you were crushing it and we were all rooting for you and also taking your advice because it'd been working.
0: I appreciate it. It's frustrating to get so close, you know, just 23 people when there were so many thousands who started, you could try this a a decade. It would not come down to this again with what happened on Thanksgiving, but you know, it is what it is. Appreciate all the support and uh, yeah, let's, let's move forward and talk some football
1: okay let's let's do that i don't have much for christmas i am so tired of this damn elf that i'm moving all around and every day oh. that there's another door opened on the advent calendar i think it's one less one day fewer that i don't have to create some magic for the family this 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 you know me, your girl is really uh she's she's the magic has been uh, completely sucked out of my being this christmas season
0: uh, I hear you started me to, to, yes, let's talk a little Christmas first. And my wife had properly avoided that whole uh, situation with the elf uh, until my mom introduced it. And now it's somehow found in the house. And now it's a big, yeah, a big thing. And you're not supposed to touch it, I learned uh, also. But yeah, all kinds of rules. And we had, we had successfully avoided it until uh, Gaga introduced it uh, without our permission. Same
1: situation. <laughs> By the way, it wasn't Gaga. It wasn't my mom or a grandma, uh, my my father. My mother-in-law um we had avoided as well and then a babysitter brought it as a gift Mm. without asking by the way and so now the kids are like oh did it move today and I have to remember like oh I don't know I've just been like crying over Tom Brady's stat line I didn't have a chance to put the elf in the damn tree today but anyway yay Christmas yay holiday cheer we're gonna get past all of this and you know what Yahoo! Fantasy is here to help you feel that Christmas cheer because we're going big for the holidays. Yahoo! Daily Fantasy is hosting a 12 days of winning celebration with special holiday contests and offerings leading up to Christmas weekend as a gift to our users. So check out our lobby today and join in that holiday fun. All right, one more thing before we get started for real this time. Obviously, COVID, as I mentioned is creating a ton of drama, a ton of chaos. We are recording this on Wednesday afternoon. That's December 22nd. So when you listen to this, everything might have changed. We are giving you as up-to-the-date news as we have at our avail. So please remember that. Make sure to check your players, their statuses, move your benches, because things I guarantee will change between now when you list now when we record it, now when you listen to it, and eventually when you set your lineup. So with that little prelude, we are on to the games. Let's start, you know what? Let's divide these games by the way, because we got a lot to get through, so we should get going uh, between two presents and coal. And let's start positively with presents and begin with your 49ers traveling to Nashville on Thursday. Hooray for the Titans. Here's another silver lining. Look at this. We're building all of this optimism. Uh, AJ Brown likely to play. Julio Jones back in practice for however long that lasts. What are we feeling about this Titans squad? Actually, you may not be feeling that great because they're looking uh, healthier. While the 49ers are still going to miss Eli Mitchell.
0: Yeah, interesting game. It was a pick them and look ahead line last week, and then it opened Niners' three-and-a-half or four-point favorites. That's crept down to three now with news of Mitchell out, and A.J. Brown's return certainly helps them. Titans are now desperate for a win coming off that ugly loss to the Steelers. Uh, my Niners have been rolling. Jimmy Garoppolo leads the NFL in Y-P- yards per a- attempt. Y.P.A. Yes! I mean, it's 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 surprising. Uh, Jeff Wilson is totally. Not only did he take over, I mean, he was uh, expected to get all the carries with Eli out last week, but he took over the passing down work uh, from Hasty too. So this is not as good of a matchup at all on the road short week as opposed to at home against the Falcons. But you can still treat Wilson as a top 15ish uh, fantasy back given the running back landscape and him getting all the carries in a Shanahan backfield. So uh, so yeah, Jeff Wilson's a guy here now. At least we heard the news of Elijah Mitchell being out early. That's nice to know because it sounded like there was some late later uh, optimism. And then otherwise, you know, you're starting Ayuk, you're starting Debo. Debo's targets have not, he's no longer a top five fantasy wideout, but he's still a uh, top, top 20-ish version and getting so many carries. Yeah, even top 15, getting the carry, sure. And, and then Kittle, obviously, there. So, oh, oh let's say on, on the flip side, Dante Foreman has really been getting, he may not get all the snap percentage, but the carries have been there. And um, I feel like that's how they're really, I mean, the Niners, their their weakness is the secondary, but unless A.J. Brown's like suddenly, you know, back to 100%, I'm guessing the, the Titans are really going to try to lean on their on their ground game and that's going to be led by foreman so he's a top 25 ish fantasy back for me this week as well and
1: brown available to stretch the field a little bit so maybe foreman can become a little bit more efficient and it's nice to have clarity in that three-headed hydra i'm with you on that saturday's games (laughs) christmas day the browns are traveling to lambeau field no kareem hunt he's still dealing with that ankle injury no idea who the cleveland quarterback will be because of all of this covid craziness Uh, one thing we can be sure of, though, is that Aaron Rodgers is still dealing at the height of his powers, which uh, is frustrating for some and elating to others.
0: Rodgers has emerges now the MVP favorite over Tom Brady. Uh, last week it was Brady minus 200 or something. So what a what a week uh, the difference was there. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon uh since Aaron Jones has returned two weeks over the last two weeks they've had the exact same number of touches so sounds to me like that's going to be about the plan moving forward that's certainly not ideal if you drafted Aaron Jones late in the first round but it obviously could be worse too um they're more you know flex options really uh obviously you're starting Devonte Adams with confidence and MVS is a guy to pay attention to of course um he's actually living up to to my uh previously unwarranted hype uh but now he's on the COVID list so someone you have to pay attention to this week
1: and- With that note, I would just like to mention Alan Lazard, who was on my sleepers list last week, because frankly, even though he's not as exciting as MVS, the roller coaster ride is certainly not as full of the highs or lows. I do think he has better hands, which did not bear out because he dropped that pass in the end zone, um, was a little bit shaken up on that play, but could have, should have had a touchdown. And I do think that Lazard, remember Randall Cobb is still out, could step up uh, in terms of volume in replacement of MVS if he can't make it to the field because of the COVID issue.
0: Yep, agree with you there. And if other teams emulate what the Ravens did last week, which was just the ultimate respect of Adams, the double-teaming him from the snap like that—you don't see that since Calvin Johnson. I don't know if they're so going they to do that
1: Honestly, like uh, just to pause on that, not. I don't think they're going to do that though. I think that the Ravens did that because of the absence of Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey, and sure. I don't think we're seeing a lot of that in the NFL because, as we saw, it's not very effective.
0: Yeah, probably not. Either way, I agree with you. I like Lazard, especially if MBS misses this game. But Lazard taking over that Cobb role, even though he had a quiet game last week. I think he'll be a a fine PPR option. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones still. He had a bad drop last week that really cost Mullins a whole drive. Actually, I think actually later it was knocked out of his hands, and I, I take that back. It wasn't it wasn't a drop, but it looked like it at uh, the naked eye. But um, I, I like him if uh, if Landry remains out, but um, otherwise it's basically Nick Chubb, and then um, man, hopefully they get some sort of uh, okay quarterback play. And
1: Austin Hooper was activated off of the COVID list, so more bodies at the tight end position. You're throwing darts at here. Colts are traveling to the Cardinals. This is the AFC five seed versus the NFC four seed. Obviously, the card's coming off of that disappointing loss. We don't have to talk about it much more, but I do think there's an opportunity for Christian Kirk and or A.J. Green. I think a lot of people were a little bit higher on A.J. Green last week in the absence of Nuke Hopkins, but instead it was Christian Kirk who was getting the number one treatment. That should rotate. We've seen Kyler kind of rotate behind, not even fully behind, frankly, um, Hopkins, but... Rocky Sin, who is a cornerback for the Colts, is on the COVID list. So if he can't make it to the field, I think you might be able to see a little rebound for AJ Green. All of those people who maybe picked him up off of waivers once Nuke was uh, done for the regular season.
0: I like AJ Brown this week. I, uh, Mike Clay's matchups column was pointing out that the uh, Colts have defended the slot really well. It's a tougher matchup for uh, Kirk. We expect Murray to bounce back. I'm not sure if he's 100% healthy with that ankle clearly connor isn't missing practice and banged up late in that in that rams game but you got to expect uh the cardinals to play better uh, coming off back-to-back losses although they have been more vulnerable at home they were trying to become the first you know just to add uh, add to that you know the cardinals had won every road game this season by double digits uh they were trying to become the first team ever to win all eight by double digits instead they lost by 18 as 13 point favorites uh but um yeah i, uh, I really like and and uh, this is maybe going to be a little contrarian, but I kind of like Jonathan Taylor in this matchup as well. The Cardinals are uh, vulnerable to the run, and obviously he's just putting up uh, beastly numbers. He's the clear number one pick uh, in all fantasy drafts uh, next year. And I like Pittman to bounce back too after that weird ejection last week and Wentz throwing so so fewer passes. I expect this game to be a little bit more higher scoring.
1: I agree with that. Also, just a note on James Conner, since you mentioned him not being fully healthy, it was an ankle issue initially but according to the practice reports he did not practice on Wednesday he was sidelined for the practice it's now a heel issue so maybe an aggravation maybe a cascading situation I do think that this is an opportunity you know I said this on the Sunday night pod I had prioritized Chase Edmonds in DFS kind of assuming that James Conner wouldn't see as much of a workload as he ended up seeing where he'd suffer some sort of setback. Well, it looks like he did suffer some sort of a setback, just not in game enough. And uh, Chase Edmonds, therefore I think could see a larger role though. You know, it is obviously against Arizona state law to allow him a scoring situ, uh, allow him to score or work in the red area near the end zone.
0: Yeah. Even in a tougher matchup, if Connor misses this uh, big boost for Chase Edmonds, sure. Second, second week back too from, from the layoff too. So yeah, definitely a situation to pay to pay yeah. attention to but you're right yeah Edmund says how many career carries inside the five one or two or something like that yeah they refuse to give him any any love down there
1: Sunday night football the Washington football team is going to Jarrell world after the Cowboys brought heated benches with them to Washington the football team now has their own heated benches and are bringing them on the road with them for every game including this one which is being played in a climate controlled dome my goodness
0: that's weird yeah that's that yeah I didn't even think of that that is funny Dak needs the help of returning home, man. They've had a lot of road games. I think it's four of the last five. Um, he's been far better at home throughout his career. But clearly, not only is he not running as much since the injuries with uh, hurts his fantasy, but he's been inaccurate as well. Um, but I, I do expect a, a bounce back at home here with all his uh, his, his pass catchers healthy. But um, his not it hasn't been great for uh, people who went with C D Lamb. Zeke, Dak Prescott, and I see Dalton Schultz uh, back involved as the clear number one tight end. But it's been a mostly fantasy uh, disappointing season in Dallas, and, and their defense looks like, uh, like arguably uh, one of the best in football, number three in DVOA, now, number one against the pass. Yeah, they're gonna be lower scoring games more. So it's not not ideal for those who invested in in these uh these these cowboys.
1: The football team side of things, JD McKissick on IR, that should mean more ideally for Antonio Gibson, who did score in week 15. That was Tuesday, yesterday. Oh my goodness. But Gibson <laughs> did turn up with a toe issue. Um, did not practice on Wednesday. Now again, they played on Tuesday, so it might just be a rest situation. Coach didn't seem particularly concerned, but again, he has dealt with turf toe last year so something to monitor and we did see Jarrett Patterson who by the way is available in over 90 95 percent of Yahoo leagues score in week 15.
0: Definitely something to monitor. I said Dallas number one pass defense in DVOA. Number 19 against the Rush. So there's uh, something of a run funnel there. Definitely something to monitor, though, because if you watched him, Gibson went into the tent, looked like he was not going to return. I uh, believe it was Patterson fumbled immediately, so that might have forced Gibson's hand. So uh, that that toe injury that's dated back, obviously, all the way to last year, the turf toe. So clearly something to monitor because if he's good to go, you got to use him, especially with no McKissick when he's getting those targets.
1: The Bills and the Patriots rematch, seeing each other for the second time. This season, but now at Gillette instead of Orchard Park. It's the AFC seven seed versus the AFC two seed. Uh, Cole Beasley is out in this one for the bills emmanuel sanders did a walkthrough at practice though it would be surprising to see him come back honestly given his age but maybe the cole beasley absence and like the amount of heat between these two teams would force him into action regardless gabriel davis remains an option because of volume and dawson knox i think would like to in fact dawson knox is on this week's uh edition of eckler's edge he was a fantastic interview he showed everyone his gnarly hand i am sure that he would like a a do-over of his performance from the Monday night game against the Patriots.
0: I really like Gabe Davis. He's uh um, even if certain Sanders returns, a doubt he'll be at 100 percent. And Stephon Diggs uh, will be on uh Jackson will be on him mostly this game. So uh yeah, I like how Davis set up here. And Singletary took over the feature back role in Buffalo. That was maybe overlooked a little bit last week. But Brita played three snaps. Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. Uh I I, I Singletary, this is not a good matchup uh, against the the Patriots. But moving forward and maybe in your fantasy championship, it's a little bit eye opening. And especially with Josh Allen uh not running. A with three three attempts last uh, it was one scramble uh with that sprain playing through that sprained foot down the stretch. It's too bad this isn't a great matchup against New England with uh finally one guy emerging in the Buffalo backfield, but um maybe next week if you can hold off uh single uh given all the surrounding changes, he's set up uh, for a nice uh week 17.
1: And you predicted that last week by the way. I give you props on the Sunday Night Pod. Um like you said, not the greatest matchup. This week uh Josh Allen, though, like, I don't, I don't know, man. He is young, and the adrenaline gets going. He did not look hampered. Even if his number of carries was lower, he was running just fine. No limping or anything that I could tell.
0: That's fair. Uh, that's totally fair. Maybe that's just playing into my narrative to make it uh, <laughs> make it even further, but you're right. He did only carry it three times, but you're right. He certainly appeared fine out, fine out there, and it was just one week removed. So uh, maybe he'll go back to being uh, carrying as usual. This game, remember, the, so the weird that they just played each other, and then uh, the, the the weather is obviously was such a factor in the last one and uh, assuming it's not going to be so dramatic uh, this time around.
1: I actually looked up the weather report for this matchup and uh, winds of eight miles per hour are expected. So nothing too crazy and a high of 55 degrees. So, yes, not nearly as dramatic. Kendrick Bourne, however, I don't believe will be active for this game. And Mac Jones, I'm going to ask you over under 11 pass attempts.
0: Oh, I will go over maybe if, uh, they'll probably go with a different game plan week to week switch it up everyone will think it'll be this the same as last time different weather I'm gonna say definitely over I think Mac will will, will attempt to No, Notre Davis White uh banged up uh Damian Harris and even Stevenson is out with uh with illness too so banged up backfield I'll take the over there
1: Ravens at Bengals oh Lamar Jackson I think is the major storyline in this matchup um You know, there's been some conflicting reports about the severity of this ankle situation, whether it's a bone bruise or a sprain, um, and then obviously the sprain can be high, it can be low, it could be medium. Regardless, Tyler Huntley... Has uh, looked to be a little Lamar light, if you will. Certainly looked great rushing for over 70 yards against the Packers last week. Showed off his speed, too. It wasn't just like the numbers. I think if you watch the game, you're like, oh, this kid is quick. He's got his own version of invisible juice like Lamar. So if, if Lamar doesn't play, you want to roster in DFS or in season long, if you can, Tyler Huntley.
0: Man, in hindsight it's frustrating uh didn't talk up Huntley more in DFS it was just tougher with being in the afternoon game and you weren't sure that if Jackson was going to play or not all well, it was that a game spread, time
1: decision you know yeah
0: the, the spread and the over under really suggested that Lamar Jackson was not going to be playing that game all along in hindsight it's easier to, to say though but Huntley weird that he was only on the Ravens draft board he wasn't even invited to the combine even though he put up really good numbers in the pac 12 fantasy's number one QB last week uh, I was getting it look at even the you know the cPOe he was it was it was accurate. It's not just the legs too. So, and I like both these setups for uh, for the passing attacks. Both pass funnel defenses, and that's before we get into Joe Mixon playing with a banged up ankle too. So, uh, yeah, I like I like the setup for uh, for Burrow passing against uh, you know a Baltimore secondary, just you know ravaged by injuries, and, and Higgins and Chase have pretty much been uh, exactly the same target share went on the field together, especially with the banged up mix. And uh, I like, I like both passing attacks. And even if it's Huntley or Jackson, uh, the same uh, against a Cincinnati team that's defended the run better than they have uh, the pass. the past.
1: Bengals also pretty stingy to opposing quarterbacks. However, I'm not going to count last week because obviously Teddy Bridgewater exited early and then Drew Locke took the field and that's its own situation. But the week before, your boy Jimmy G posted top 12 fantasy numbers and the week before that, Justin Herbert facing the Bengals posted top five QB numbers. So maybe there's some softening down the stretch here of the Cincinnati pass defense, which would make me feel all the more confident about whichever quarterback it is that starts for the Ravens.
0: And, and Mark Andrews, if it's Huntley, man, wheels up. He's just been targeting him relentlessly. He's been obviously the number one fantasy tight end the last couple of weeks with him. But uh, yeah, I would expect more of the same if, if Huntley remains at, at QB.
1: I have Joe Burrow forecasted for over 300 passing, three touchdowns and three sacks.
0: Oh, yeah, I like it. Sounds like him. Yeah, he gets a, maybe a turnover, or maybe a pick thrown in there. He takes sacks, but the TDs will be there. I love this matchup for him because it's really, really difficult to run against the Ravens. And they just have so, so many injuries to that secondary.
1: Steelers at Chiefs, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill potentially both out because of COVID. Again, the NFL changed the protocols so that asymptomatic players could have a better chance of getting on the field. Uh, I haven't read any reports personally as to whether or not Hill or Kelsey were symptomatic or asymptomatic. So we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. But here's an interesting wrinkle that I know Twitter would love. Josh Gordon just activated off the list. Remember a couple of weeks ago, Andy Reid was like, we're going to really work to get Josh Gordon involved. Everybody rolled their eyes. He scored a touchdown. So now if Kelsey and Hill are out, how do you feel about Josh Gordon?
0: I kind of like Byron Pringle for $10 in DFS a little bit more. He's right. again, the guy getting the routes even more than Nicole Hardman. Um, I love the story of Josh Gordon. I'm going to remain rooting for him for his entire career, and I, I hope he does ball out. But um, I, I'm kind of interested in Pringle would be my answer because he's just been the guy acting as the number three there, even ahead of my guy Hardman, who I drafted everywhere mistakenly. <sighs> um, uh, he would be my guy. I'm, I'm kind of earmarked as a possible uh, real cheap you know, DFS minimum, uh, barring the, the status of Hill and Kelsey
1: think you're probably right. I think that's actually really prudent because everyone is going to hear Josh Gordon's name and all that is attached to it. The brand is obviously bigger than Pringles. Although when you have a name like Byron Pringle, I mean, he really should get some endorsement deals. But yes, $10 in DFS, that's something to watch. Um, but the COVID issues continue for the Chiefs because their kicker Harrison Butker is on the COVID list and he is not vaccinated, so that means he will not play.
0: And by the way, cue DeMarcus Robinson. He's going to be the, the one name we don't mention. will be the guy catching the, uh, the, the touches. I like uh, CEH more than usual. This, this Pittsburgh defense has basically given up the last, the last few weeks, too. But um, yeah, this is one of those just uh, you guys need to monitor the, the health of all, of all the, the COVID status, guys. I mean, obviously, big news with, with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey uh, landing on the list. And also, then on the flip side.
1: I also wouldn't mind, if you're desperate and need a flex in a PPR-friendly format, throwing out Daryl Williams.
0: Me neither. Yeah, he gets the the, even the goal line carries and, and targets. He pretty much splits it fairly evenly with CEH. So agreed.
1: The other side of the matchup. What did you want to say about the Steelers?
0: Yeah, there's not much to say other than Kansas City defense is playing well. Uh, pay attention to Friar who's questionable. And I thought Claypool was going to bounce back with a bigger game uh, coming off that uh, embarrassment in national TV where, you know, he, he, did he lose the football costume seconds at the end? But instead, they once again just really limited his routes. Like he's not even running like a full-time receiver. So uh, Claypool continues to disappoint.
1: The Rams are at the Vikings. Um, interesting little nugget. As of, Again, as of right now, I feel like I keep saying that None of the over-unders per bet MGM are over 50 points. So we're not expecting a lot, or at least Vegas is not expecting a lot of high-scoring games. However, Rams at Vikings is at 49.5, and that seems to be the highest we're going to get. So we're going to focus on that one. It's the NFC 5 seed versus the NFC 7 seed. I think, again, anytime you're playing the Vikings, it is very likely that there will be a fifth quarter of play and with these two teams i i i'm feeling it like i'm i'm going to go out and say that this this game is going to go into overtime
0: yeah, this is a game you load. I like that call, and this is a game you load up on DFS because also the other game that's around that uh that total is the Arizona Colts game that's on Saturday, mm, and that's so that's not the main that's not the main DFS slate, which also includes no Devonte Adams, no Jonathan Taylor. So uh, my DFS call, him, I'm like, yeah, you're loading up on Cup, even though his salary is so high. He's on pace for 147 catches, nearly 2,000 yards, and 17 touchdowns. It's crazy. Uh, Justin Jefferson on the other side. Sure. Uh, I believe he was uh, up there and waited opportunity last. Week, but he just don't see it on the box scores. A weird game from Cousins. I think this is gonna force both teams, especially Cousins in Minnesota, to throw more than usual. Indoors, um, I think it's going to be a fun game, both back and forth, a lot of scoring. So fire everyone up. Uh, if Thielen returns, uh, it's a high ankle sprain, suffered two weeks ago. So um, maybe you can use him as a flex in this matchup, but I wouldn't let it steer me if like worried about using Justin Jefferson uh, in DFS paint up for him. I think he is the number three receiver behind Adams and Cup right now. And uh, yeah, even though he didn't have 47 yards or whatever last week, I think he's going to have a, a big, big game. And I don't know why, first, I'll just go out on a limb and say this too. The Vikings shouldn't be three point dogs in this game. I mean, even even without fast Factoring in the the Rams traveling from from Tuesday night, Vikings can hang with anyone. Uh, I think they should they should be the favorites if anything. So I, I like I like I like Minnesota plus three a lot in this.
1: Oh, I, I like that little betting tip. That is a good one. Also, the Vikings allowing the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So if you're firing up OBJ, continue to do so. Van Jefferson, he's been a revelation. Continue to play him, and obviously, if you're going to build your DFS lineup around a big money guy, as you said, Cooper Cup is. The option, oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. How are you feeling about this Sony Michelle Daryl Henderson sitch?
0: Yeah, it's it's Michelle's backfield, it looks like. That's where the tea leaves are saying, the beat writers and the coach. You weren't exactly sure until you saw it happen, but... Uh, yeah, he dominated the backfield Tuesday night, and he's the guy you would prefer to start over Henderson moving forward. It's a uh, second straight year. Henderson's lost that role, uh, even while healthy, it appears. But um if you were, if you're paying, paying attention to the beat riders, they say that they they keep their offense on schedule more with with Michelle back there or whatever it means, and it's clear by his actions, McVeigh's actions during the late, latest game with both available, it looks like Michelle's going to be the guy moving forward, barring health, of course with him.
1: Fresh legs, physicality, I guess it makes sense. We know that Sean McVay does not have a problem veering away from the starter, at least in the backfield. Switching away from games that were bringing you presents under your tree, we are going to move to some coal in your stockings now. So um, get ready to Grinch out. The Lions are traveling to Atlanta. Uh, some news for Detroit. There's a lot of news in Detroit. When isn't there news in Detroit, frankly? For a team that's so bad, they got a ton of drama. But we shouldn't talk about Detroit anymore, given your uh, recent dealings with them. <laughs> DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams both back at practice. Williams off the COVID list, though he's had like a thigh contusion, I believe, at various points throughout the season. And DeAndre Swift was had been dealing with that shoulder injury. Dalton, are you surprised that they wouldn't just shut Swift down for the year? Like, Why risk him getting injured, such a marquee player, for your team and it's such a volatile position. I mean really you're like oh two wing wins we can go on a run here.
0: I'm very surprised. I mean, especially have a capable Craig Reynolds from Cutstown U leading all, uh, everyone in rushing yards over the weekend. Um, in a as a as team was nearly two touchdown underdogs. But um, if Swift wants to play, I mean, I, I guess uh, I guess you can't hold him back. But yeah, I am surprised with that. A guy injury prone, and he's your future. And yeah, I'm a little surprised of rushing him back with uh, given his in- injury history for sure. But um, it sounds like yeah, and, and given the case that he is. Then yeah, Reynolds now no longer can be uh, playable, and obviously we have to pay attention to Jared Goff's status because I refuse the if the, any notion out there that David Blau or Tim Boyle is not a downgrade. Uh, after watching Goff uh, in, in multiple survivor performances, he's, he's plenty capable. He's out there with some backup receivers. I believe he's gotten the most EPA per passes since uh, as Stafford over the past, like two months or something. Um, so uh, I think it would be a downgrade if Goff has to miss this game. And you, you say, well, what does that matter? Well, it matters because Oman Raw St. Brown is a baller and he's like a top 12-ish uh, PPR option, given his, his volume over the last month, uh, moving forward. I'm not sure it'll stay that way next season with the different personnel, but right now St. Brown is in that slot role, racking up the targets and racking up the PPR points.
1: I'm a little bit hesitant about his, I know he's seen double digit targets for three straight weeks and I talked him up on Eckler's edge, but I, you, now that Deandre Swift is back, like, I don't know if the volume holds steady. In that short to intermediate passing game for him. And I have to imagine that the Falcons are going to move AJ Terrell onto. St. Brown, given what he's done over the past three weeks, a little bit more. I I actually am a little bit higher, and this is assuming golf plays on Josh Reynolds, not just because of their rapport from having played in Los Angeles together, but because without TJ Hawkinson, there's a red zone weapon, at least an aerial red zone weapon, missing that should be Josh Reynolds. He scored in two of his last four games. Don't forget, he didn't join the team until week 11, and then he scored in week 12, and he's managed a contested catch rate of about 67% which is top five for the wide receiver position.
0: Reynolds has been, has been really good to tighten. have let him go. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, Terrell uh, has uh, rarely gone to the slot where St. Brown plays. He might see a lot of Reynolds... This game, it looks uh, it looks like that's possible. But um, yeah, Reynolds, uh, Reynolds has definitely uh been better than I than I expected. And with no Hawkinson there, and uh, Swift will definitely hurt St. Brown. It's it's a good call. Even the touchdown he ran that go route, a uh, wheel route uh, out of the backfield was just was was perfect for Swift. So definitely doesn't help. But if Goff uh, is is healthy, plays this game, I still would absolutely be starting St. Brown, especially in PPR. And the flip side, I love Patterson this week. I ranked him as my number three. Fantasy back uh, at home this year. I think he's getting 5.2 yards per carry. Led all players in red zone uh, snaps, or all well, backs in red zone snaps and touches last week. But they just could not execute uh, for the touchdown against the Niners. But uh, I like Patterson. He's being used as more of a traditional back, and against uh, the the Lions and his favorites, uh, I really like him to bounce back in a big way.
1: I also think Matt Ryan could be like the most underrated but best pivot available at quarterback if you have if lamar plays if jared goff is out if justin fields who's dealing with a little bit of a a little bit of an injury isn't right although andy dalton we'll talk about it a little bit later is uh still on the COVID list and um if cam newton and sam darnold are going to be splitting snaps we'll talk about that too then like matt ryan in this matchup at 25 dollars in dfs would be your white knuckle dart throw
0: yeah, and Russell Gage had not one but two Moss catches last week. Going up, he's—I thought he, he's better than I expected too. So he's emerged, and uh, don't 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 want to say Kyle Pitts's name, but yeah, he's he's still there to available, you know, theoretically actually score touchdowns one of these days too. So yeah, I, I don't mind the Ryan call at all this week.
1: Broncos at Raiders. Teddy Bridgewater, another quarterback that won't be on the field. Drew Locke will be starting in his stead. I feel like for me, the play here. Uh, there's not going to be a lot, right? You're going to start both running backs. We know we can run against the Raiders. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. It's been the same. We're it's the record skipping week after week on those two running backs. But Noah Fant is interesting to me because his targets did not diminish at all in the switch from Bridgewater to Locke. There's obvious rapport. Uh, you know, they're of the same draft class so i think that noah fant could especially against the raiders who are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends this might be the week that noah fant investors assuming they're still playing in week 16 finally get a little roi
0: my suggestion is stay away from receivers. That includes Jerry Judy, but I'm cool. If you need fan or even Albert O, if you need a tight, tight end positions, then um, I'm, I'm good with either of those. And of course, both running backs in this matchup. But man, the wide receivers in Denver, um, high, well, Sutton's been even, even worse, but even Judy at last week, man, it's been, uh, it's been ugly.
1: It has been ugly. Anything, are, are you worried at all about Hunter Renfro after a down effort in week 15? Or are you, are you anticipating a bounce back? Darren Waller, obviously a part of this equation.
0: Yeah, I'm expecting a bounce back for Renfro. Fire him up in PPR. It sounds more and more like Waller may not return uh, this season. And uh, yeah, expect a bounce back from Renfro.
1: Okay. Me too. Giants at Eagles. Oh, Blarg. Nick Sirianni is on the COVID list. And this is a whole bunch of mess. You know what? If you're looking at tight ends, I know I just talked about Noah Fant. Obviously, the matchup says Evan Ingram, but I am so nervous (laughs) to bother with it. You know, again... If you're desperate and you need someone, the matchup odds are leaning in, in your favor here, but the player is very hard to trust.
0: Very, very hard. Um, similarly, very hard to trust. Uh, Kenny G, Kenny Galladay, I, I said is my bargain bin for DFS column, $11. Uh, Sterling Shepherd's on IR. Jake Fromm looked much better than Glennon last week, and I can only assume he will take over. I'm not saying he's going to be great, but man, Glennon was bottom barrel stuff. So $11, uh, Kenny G is maybe getting all the targets. Yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram isn't any good either. So uh, I like, I like Galladay as a possible um, you know, flyer at the near minimum in DFS.
1: How'd you feel about Jalen Hurts bouncing back from that ankle injury with two rushing touchdowns on Tuesday?
0: Yeah, it looked good. And uh, yeah, obviously firing him up in fantasy. Kept Dallas Goddard involved. Nice to see that. Uh, Devonta Smith has really struggled of late. And Miles Sanders uh, leads the NFL in touches without a touchdown by a lot I believe more than twice as many as the next person with the next most without scoring this year so he's due for a score but that's what happens when you have Jalen Hurts as uh you know around the goal line yeah, well, what a great and, opportunity and
1: for that positive regression to happen against this Giants defense
0: absolutely for sure yeah I actually really like standards th- this week I boy I'm ranked uh, number 10 right now so hopefully he's uh hopefully he's healthy
1: where are you ranking Devonta Smith he's confounding to me <sighs>
0: Yeah, I I relied on him in a couple leagues. Did not help uh, this. It was this. Yeah, where do I have him? I have him buried at 41. Oh, outside
1: of your top 40, just outside. So would you rather have, would you rather start Devonta Smith or Amon Ross St. Brown, assuming Jared Goff starts?
0: St. Brown. Interesting. St. Brown, without question, actually, yeah.
1: I think it's a tough one. I have them ranked uh similarly. But anyway, let's talk about the Buccaneers and the Panthers. I said earlier that Cam Newton might be splitting snaps with Sam Darnold. No, that wasn't a mistake. There is a chance that this going to that this is going to happen uh, Darnold looking a little bit healthier and Rule is clearly just in pure panic mode throwing all the spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks. Um and I mean, it, when you look at the matchup, you're like, "All right, Cam Newton might be like a nice DFS play, a nice sleeper play, and Superflex in particular, right? Like if you're just you're just scrambling at the position because COVID has kind of wrecked all of your plans, but I wouldn't touch it now."
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. Really, it's going to be tough to trust anyone in Carolina. Even DJ Moore, who's dealing yes. with a hamstring injury. Obviously, the backfield's totally stay away with Hubbard and Abdullah getting the passing down work, and Newton getting the goal line scores. I mean, that's a a problem. And now you said even the co- quarterback might be a committee situation. And coming off a Tampa Bay team that just got uh, shut out in primetime. so they're going to be a little fired up too. So, if albeit injured too, so I'd stay away from Carolina if possible. And uh, Tampa Bay presents quite some interesting opportunities with Ronald Jones, who's uh, who's just been. Really, really good over the, over his, where is the stats here? Over the four games Leonard Fournette missed last season, Jones averaged 23 touches, 115 scrimmage yards, and scored three touchdowns. And even Arian said it's his job so, I mean, he always disappoints uh, Ronald Jones, of course, but and he won't be out there in passing downs. Don't expect that. But as double-digit favorites against the Carolina defense, it's way better in its secondary and with Chris Godwin out and Mike Evans probably out too. Big bump up to Gronkowski. You could move him up to your number one tight end this week if you wanted with the receivers banged up there and uh, Ronald Jones in DFS and, or in your fantasy semifinal.
1: Ronald Jones, $18 in Yahoo DFS. He's going to be a chalk play for sure.
0: Um... Antonio Brown? Thoughts, to Antonio Brown. Do you have any sleepers receiver there? I, I, Tyler, John, what what do you do? Uh, Bashad Perriman, I kind of liked. He was you getting did, the run. He and then he went on the COVID last list time. too. But then he went on COVID, so I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably Antonio Brown. Even if it's only thirty five snaps, they say he looks good in practice, and uh, I mean, wh- uh, you know, whatever you think about him, is probably he's, he's going to benefit from this situation here, right?
1: I think Antonio Brown went from a league loser to a league winner. I am so glad yeah. that I held on to him because in one of the <laughs> leagues in which I am advancing to the next round of the playoffs, I had been stashing him and it had gotten like a little bit tough there because I had needed to make a bunch of drops because of injuries and things. And I was like, no, 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 I just, I don't, I don't want to let go. I don't want to let go just in case I'm glad I stuck it out. Um, I don't think the ankle is going to be an issue. I think obviously Bruce Arians is going to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And in terms of other sleepers, because I don't really think we can call AB a sleeper. It seems like a pretty logical place, but AB we know moves in and out of the slot similarly to Chris Godwin. So that's the role that he's most likely to take on. I like Tyler Johnson a little bit more, especially if Mike Evans is out because he projects to be more of a perimeter receiver.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those guys. It's tough to pick Scotty Miller possibly, but Tyler Johnson definitely a possibility as well. He's, he has flashed uh, in the past. Uh, I expect, even though Brady's been better at home, I expect him to just uh, monster bounce back coming off, even with uh, you know injured receivers coming off that, uh, that performance, a shutout. Man, it's just weird how the Saints have his number.
1: It, it is. He, the Saints have been a thorn in Brady's side since he joined the Bucks in 2020. Uh, and, you know, Lattimore and Evans, that's like a narrative that we've all heard. Lattimore is one of those cornerbacks who certainly like plays up for certain matchups. And he's got Mike Evans circled on his calendar every twice a year, you know. But I, I am buying into the angry Tom Brady narrative, um, the bounce back narrative. And I also, you know, you look at this and you look at the over under and you think like, all right. They're just gonna lean on the run, which they I think might have done or been more willing to do if Fournette was in the picture. But Ronald Jones's fumble history might be just enough to say for Tom Brady to be like, "Nah, I'm on key. I trust myself more than Ronald Jones. I'm gonna keep putting it in the air." And we know that this is a team that doesn't like to stop. Like they don't put their foot on the brake ever. It's just gas all the way. And so that I really do think that Tyler Johnson, like I don't know, five catches. 65 yards and a touchdown like in that wide receiver 40 to 35 range does not seem crazy to me
0: yeah the bucks usually do pass even with the lead and they should have just a bunch of plays and snaps this week i mean how's how's carolina gonna move the ball with their quarterback situation so yeah i, I like the setup here for the bucks uh those because those guys are you know uh, affordable in, in DFS, the, the Antonio Browns and what and, and, and Ronald Joneses. So uh, I like their setup here with the, with the injured players on the Bucks. They're just now focused on getting right for the playoffs because, wow, what a turnaround. You know, it looked like they were going to be the clear number one seed. Brady was the MVP favorite. And now uh, Godwin was a, obviously humongous loss for the season. And uh, now let's see if they can get Evans and, and, and playoff Lenny right for the postseason. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. The Chargers are traveling to Houston, um, and COVID has hit this LAC squad hard. Corey Lindsley, the center, out, so that's going to affect the run game a little bit. Joey Bosa, obviously out, uh, not vaccinated. He is more than happy to talk about that. Uh, And Austin Eckler also has COVID, and i will tell you that i know a lot of people are asking and i'm getting a lot of questions in dms i recorded eckler's edge on tuesday so that's yesterday austin definitely was sick said a bunch of times he had a really really sore throat really really tired very fatigued i will tell you um, that he is not he is not healthy so people will be like oh he looks fine he's not I'm not, you know, that's not, you you can watch the tape, you can watch the show and and determine and hear in his voice that he is not healthy. Um, He said himself on the show that it is not looking good for him to suit up against the Texans, and he even, because I asked him on the show, so it would be on the record, I asked him who he would pick up, and he said Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, obviously going to be part of the rotation, but Justin Jackson coming off of 99 total scrimmage yards, the situation with jackson who by the way is i believe 90 95 percentile agility always hurt but now he's coming off of 10 days of rest and this matchup against the texans is amazing the texans are allowing top five ypc to opposing rushers and obviously a great fantasy spot for opposing running backs
0: Oh, yeah. Even though Kelly would be in Joshua Kelly would be involved and in maybe even a flex in his own right. If uh, Eckler uh, has to miss this game, I would put Justin Jackson around like my RB 15 this week. And I have an RB 19. Yeah, so yeah, that makes that makes him a pretty much uh, hard to pass at twelve dollars in the Yahoo DFS game as well. Houston's even a run funnel defense or secondary is better. I mean, Brandon Cooks is now on the covid list, too. So this could I was gonna say Davis Mills has played. Uh, uh, quietly a lot better lately and far better at home this season. So they could maybe put up a fight here, uh, but cooks going down certainly doesn't help. But um, yeah, I like the setup for the running backs and in, in the chargers. And it's uh, unfortunately if Eckler has to miss it, then yeah, big benefit for, for Jackson. I would have Eckler as my number three back. I had him there right before I moved Cordell Patterson ahead of him. After listening to you talk about, it, it sounds like he's going to miss this game. So yeah, that's that, that, that sucks for Austin Eckler because it sounded like uh, early on, it was um, the new rules are going to let him play, but yeah, if he's sick. That, that, that,
1: that, he's that, not yeah. asymptomatic.
0: Yeah. Like
1: I mean, he might get to be asymptomatic by Thursday or Friday, but right now, yesterday, he was not. And again, this is not me, like, divulging anything. You guys can watch the show and see for yourself. Uh, I will say, though, silver lining is that Austin did say that his ankle, which had been the issue the previous week, and he had had... Lots of tape on it. Um, is feeling very, very good and very healthy. So if you can manage your way through week 16, he could be a league winner for you in week 17.
0: Uh, we had the Chargers all saved for this week of Survivor. I don't well. want to hear it. ten point favorites. Just all the plan was aren't right there. So yeah, let's uh, let's move on. But uh, yeah, Eckler Eckler can get can can take this week off and they can they can beat the they can beat the Texans. But obviously, fantasy managers uh, don't want to hear it. But Justin Jackson. Uh, 65 percent of the touches in that matchup uh, with Herbert there. I, I I like it.
1: Houston side of things. Uh, we mentioned Brandon Cooks is on the COVID list. I do think this makes an opportunity for our guy Brevin Jordan, the tight end. Now, Jordan did not. He was active last week, um, but he didn't manage any snaps uh, because he was dealing with a hand injury. So. I think that probably the hand injury is going to go away, (laughs) especially if Cooks isn't available and the matchup is definitely solid against uh, the Chargers are pretty, pretty leaky against the middle of the field. So I do like Jordan as another under the radar tight end playing again, watch the hand injury.
0: Yeah. Chris Conley's question, who are they going to throw to if Cooks doesn't play in this game? Yeah, absolutely. Because Jordan is the guy, the more of the pass catcher where Pharaoh Brown is more of the the blocking tight end.
1: Yep, yep, yep. All right, who's next? Oh, the Bears at the Seahawks. Justin Field dealing with a little bit of a tweak that he suffered on, when was it? Monday, I believe. Justin Fields, by the way, like, I opened my, I was on quarterbacks for Fearless Forecast this week, and I opened with, you can lead Jimmy Graham to the end zone, but you can't make him catch. That has been the Justin Fields experience. I don't know why we're still like scheming, Jimmy Graham for red zone looks when you have Cole Komet, who is like clearly got more juice and better hands. And this guy's like throwing up his frying pans. But regardless, I think Justin Fields is a top 15 play again this week against the Seahawks.
0: Oh yeah. I have him top 10. He's been a top 10 fantasy QB in each of his last four full starts. Obviously it hasn't been pretty, um, but um, he gets it done with just a high, high scramble rate Uh, actually attempted a career high 39 passes. Uh, in that game versus uh, the Vikings. Uh, Seattle allows, I think, the fewest yards per carry, so they're not going to be able to run the ball. It's going to call for more passing. So yeah, I I like fields, and you said Komet, averaging eight targets over the last month, and you do schedule and uh, opponent adjusted. Seattle could uh, be the most favorable uh, fantasy matchup for opposing tight ends. So I don't hate the fields $23 and Komet $14 little stack in our Yahoo uh, Mm. DFS game.
1: How are you feeling about the Seahawks coming into a short week?
0: Well, I thought Metcalf. I really liked his setup there. Um, Ramsey was on him somewhat, but it was just it was just miscommunications. Russell Wilson took a step back. I expected Metcalf to have a huge game with no locket and coming on that slump. So uh, I don't know. Something seems not quite right there. So um, uh, there seems
1: something like punitive about it, right? Like it it doesn't seem. I feel like this is going to be an off season story where like much is revealed, but it does feel a little bit punitive and like there's. There's beef, frankly. Yeah,
0: yeah, it does. Something seems weird. And I guess Lockett will return. If not, continue to use uh, Gerald Everett at tight end. Um, and then DJ Dallas is a sneaky PPR play because Penny can't seem to play four quarters health- and stay healthy. I so, know. yeah.
1: I mean, and he was such a big waiver wire ad heading into last week. The Bears do have Akeem Hicks back now, though, which, you know, he's getting healthier and healthier. So that is just something to note. Um, we're almost done. Oh, my God, we're at the last one. Okay. Finally, we're going to wrap things up, get it, wrap things up with this stinking pile of coal. The Jaguars are uh, going to MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets, and Robert Salah has COVID. There are a ton of injuries in COVID. Last week, like, Trevor Lawrence didn't get that post-urban bump that we were all anticipating, and I'm not really quite sure for fantasy if you want to mess with any of this. I mean, I know people see the matchup and they're like, oh, like... There could be something here. And I do think that, like Lawrence, especially again, given the matchup and the Jets' inability to stop opposing rushers, could rack up some decent rushing yards here. But Dan Arnold could be back off of IR. That kind of like craters any momentum that James O'Shaughnessy had had. He had been, you know, he was a top 14 play last week converting all of his looks, hitting 60 yards. It's ugly, but it was something in an ugly position. Otherwise, LaVisca Chenault did not practice on Wednesday. He's got, like, shoulder and foot issues. Marvin Jones is hard to trust, even with Bevel in charge. I, I just, like, I feel like I want to fade this whole situation on the Jet side of things. Like, Michael Carter might be the only silver lining. Jameson Crowder is banged up as well. Like, it's just, uh, it's a mess.
0: So, you know, someone bought into the, uh, the Urban Meyer bounce so much that one person used him in that Survivor last week of the 23 <gasps> people. I'm not joking. I know it took uh, quite, quite some guts there, uh, wow. but it didn't 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 in well. the same fate as the uh, people who hit the Cardinals. But uh, I promise <laughs> to be my last uh, Survivor uh, comment. But James Robinson, <laughs> I have ranked as the top five back this fantasy back this week. Oh, sure. um, you know, not only no How Urban Meyer, me, by the way? Huh? but but no Carlos Hyde, too, is officially placed on the IR and the Jets have allowed by far the most fantasy points to opposing backs. So uh, make sure, you know, he's dealing with this heel injury, misses practice, but uh, make sure he's uh, available and fire him up or uh, use him in DFS if you want to. Uh, O'Shaughnessy, that matters if Dan Arnold's availability or not, because O'Shaughnessy was just seeing the targets and he's a yeah. cheap uh, tight end option. So if Arnold comes, if he actually does, is active, that would, uh, would hurt there with some split work there. And then the Jets, speaking of split work, Michael Carter split the backfield with Tevin Coleman. I expected it to be more of the rookies, but uh, he's, he's tougher to trust now, given the, the workload last week.
1: I think that has to do with being his first game back, though. I mean, I'm not also we've just all of the evidence that came before this leads me to believe that that was more of an anomaly. And Carter's, particularly if Jamison Crowder can't get onto the field and we've noted all of the work that Carter gets in the passing game, then at least some of that volume should transfer to the rookie running back.
0: And Tevin Coleman's another candidate to leave mid-game with the injury too. Yeah, who Boom. else are they going to throw it to for sure? So I hear you there. But Jacksonville has been a little bit better against the run than maybe the record would suggest. But yeah, why not give Carter all the love? And uh, man, Zach, Zach Wilson, um, yeah, I don't know. They're going to have to reevaluate things. Their, their offense has been significantly better when another quarterback has played for them this year. And that includes, you know, Joe Flacco and Mike White. So uh, it's been a discouraging rookie year for um, wow, both both these quarterbacks to, to say the least.
1: Some changes will likely be made over the summer and hopefully the repairing process can begin for both of them as they head into their second season that is gonna do it we are gonna end on that glorious note for this podcast merry christmas uh but we have indeed run out of games to preview if you want to keep chatting with us you can do that on twitter i'm at lizloza underscore ff Dalton is at at Dalton Del Don, and you know, you guys are obviously following the at Yahoo Fantasy handle. Dalton's going to be back with Matt Harmon for a DFS preview for this week's games on tomorrow's episode of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. So definitely check that out maybe um you know if you didn't get what you wanted under the tree you can win a little money with the help of Harmon and del don and uh buy yourself what you want until then merry christmas happy holidays drink up eat up thank you we're out